Well, good morning. Hey, uh, I'm going to be honest with you about some, some stuff. Um, having to play 17th notes on a bass guitar is pretty hard. That's just me. Shred it. I'm just kidding. Um, my fingers hurt. Thanks, Josh. Um, so, as Justin said earlier, um, I'm really excited because me and Dad had a really good week. Okay? Me and Dad had a really good week. And if you want to turn um, these, these lights on right back here, you can. Um, we had a really good week. We drove to Indiana to a missionary church conference. Got to meet with hundreds, well, got to be with hundreds and hundreds of pastors that's part of the missionary church. And, you know, you've heard me say we're part of the Ignite Network, which is part of the missionary church. And like Justin said, um, especially recently, we had some things said that weren't exactly true about the missionary church and some things um, to us. So um, I wanted you guys to know and make sure you guys know what missionary church is about. So um, if you leave and you're interested, you may not even be interested, but just in case, I'm out there on the front. There's some pamphlets. I bought a hundred of them, so there we go. Thought about mailing some, um, but uh, we had a really good week, and it, it 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 was almost perfect. It really was, and got to um, not only were was it the national conference, but we got to meet with people who were part of the missionary church from around the world, from India and Africa. Like, there's a story that that was told to us. There's this guy in Africa um, who started meeting one on one with people. Okay, the way the mission, you know, part of the way the missionary church is designed to work, and in just a couple of years, his church. Now they don't gather like we gather here, but he has reached a million people. One guy in Africa, and I'm sitting there going, my jaw just went. Like, what if we took serious the call that God gave us into testifying or giving your story to people, and took it serious? You could reach a million people. In just a few years. It's crazy to me to think about. Okay? But we had a really good week and um, got to be, meet with some old friends that I hadn't got to see in a while. That's part of the Ignite Network, which is a little bit local, local area of Missionary Church. So it was a good week. Um, but yeah, so enough of that. But we've been, um, we've been in this series that we've called GOAT. And if you missed Pastor Peyton's message last week, man, it was fire. It was good. It was some good stuff. So if you haven't got to listen to it, go back and listen to it. I consider him my pastor. Um, so go back. and It was just really good. But what we've said in this GOAT series is that we truly believe that Jesus is the greatest of all time. He is the greatest of all time. And we've looked to the book of Hebrews, where the book of Hebrews is about the supremacy of God, of Jesus. Like, why is he so great? And what we've said so far and he, out of each of these chapters is this, is that he's the goat, or he's the greatest of all time, because he is the exact imprint of God, or you can say, in some translations they put, that he is God, because we believe that, we affirm that. He's the goat because the, he, is, he became our kinsman, redeemer. Also that Jesus is the goat because he finished the work of grace, and he understands our needs and struggles and supplies us with grace and mercy, and then then we said he he is the final high priest. Then we talked about how he is the goat because he fulfilled he is the fulfilled promise and the promise fulfiller. And then last week, Pastor Peyton said that Jesus was the goat because 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 he is our mediator. Aren't you glad we have somebody on our defense in heaven right now? 
who right now as we speak, Jesus, the one who died for you, is speaking to his Father about you. Like that gets me excited. That means that gives me some confidence that I can approach the cross, I can approach Jesus with confidence, knowing that he has my back. And who else can have your back like Jesus can? And today, and like I'm like I am I don't know if it was just this week or if it was just like this this preparing this sermon, but I am like I'm so excited that today you, I want to tell you that you've got to know that Jesus has something better for you. Jesus has something better for you. You don't have to keep grinding out in your own power for something better. Jesus has already done the work for you. Because like, he is better. Like, you, you don't have to keep grinding out in your own power. Like, Jesus has already, like, he's already done the work. You don't have to live the same mundane, run-of-the-mill life. Jesus has sent his spirit to give us as believers some exuberance about life. Why downcast all my soul, David would say. Basically saying, why, why are you so downcast? Don't you know you serve the God above gods, the, kings, the king above kings, the Lord above lords? Like he's given us a spirit that gives us some exuberance. And like you don't have to keep living the same life that you have now. Like you can be something better and do better. You want to know how I know this? Because in chapter 9, what we're going to look at is a fact we're taking notes is that Jesus is the goat because of his better sacrifice. Jesus is the goat because of his better sacrifice. You're like, how does that even make sense, Derek? Well, I'll show you. Hebrews chapter 9, starting in verse 1, it says this. The first covenant between God and Israel had regulations for worship. And a place of worship here on earth. You remember the lady, the woman at the well? Remember the conversation Jesus had with the woman at the well? And the woman said, well, your people says we should worship here, but my people said we should worship here. There's, there were some regulations to some things in the law. Stand too. There were, two, there were two rooms in the tabernacle. In the first room were lampstands and tables and, and sacred loaves of bread on the table. This room was called the holy place. Verse 3, it goes on to say, Then there was a curtain, and behind the curtain was a, what? A second room. You know what this tells me? No matter where you find yourself, no matter how good you think life is right now, no matter those holy moments that you have with God, those aha moments for God, here's what you need to know. He always has more for you. Because we can be in a holy place, but there's always something better. You've heard people say oftentimes, I thought I was as close as God as I could ever get, and then I'm, I move forward. It's because God always has something up his sleeve for you. He always has something better for you. Like he wants better for you. You know that, right? He wants better than the life that you're living. He wants better than the life that you even want for yourself. He, that's that's how, how good God is. That's why John 10.10, 10, it says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came. Who came? Jesus came, that they may have life and have it abundantly. Like, he wants more for you. There's a second room for you to go into. The second room. Verse 3, again. Then there was a curtain, and behind the curtain was a second room called the Most Holy Place. 
In that room were gold incense, incense, a gold incense altar, and a wooden chest called the Ark of the Covenant, which was covered with gold on all sides. Inside the ark were, were gold jars containing manna, Aaron's staff that sprouted leaves, and the stone tablets of the covenant. Or you can say those were the Ten Commandments. Okay? Above the ark were, were, were cherubim of divine glory, whose wings stretched out over the ark's cover. Can you just imagine, like, if you've just been a fly on this wall right now, like, seeing all this stuff? Like, how glorious and wonderful this room must have been? It's better than the, the first holy place. Right? You notice how much more detail they're going into in this? Because it's so much better. Above the ark were the cherubim of divine glory, whose wings stretched out over the ark's cover, the place of atonement. But we cannot explain these things in detail now. So what he's saying right here is, like all this stuff is good, but this isn't the whole point of this chapter. This isn't the whole point of this letter. And here we go, verse 6. When these things were all in place, the priests regularly entered the first room as they performed their religious duties. But only the high priest ever entered the most holy place, and only once a year. And he always offered blood for his own sins and for the sins the people had committed in ignorance. Anybody ever feel like they messed up and you don't even know about it? All the time. I don't even remember doing that, but okay. Verse 8, by these regulations, the Holy Spirit revealed that the entrance to the most holy place was not freely open as long as a tabernacle and the system it represented were still in use. Were still in use. And here's what you need to know. This whole system, this whole system here, okay, this whole system was set in place to show us that we couldn't, that's what this is saying, we couldn't enter into the most holy place. The thought was, was that if the high priest would go into this room without being pure and clean and righteous, that he would, he would die on the spot when he entered that most holy place. Because we can't stand in the presence without a true sacrifice. We can't stand in the presence of God without a true sacrifice. So they put a system into place. Not yet. They put a system into place. But this system was never going to work. That's why it said the Holy Spirit, well, that last part where it says the Holy, the Holy Spirit revealed that the entrance to the most holy place or in, being in the presence of God was not freely open as long as the tabernacle and the system it represented were still in use. So it was like even though they were doing this, it was worthless. This system was never going to work. And our systems that we have built as a church, I'm not just talking shift church, I'm just talking about church across the board, Okay, the church around the world, the systems that we've built are not ever going to get us or others to the Father because our systems turn into traditions. And here's what you need to know, and this is going to be hard for some of It's hard for me because I like, I like some, some of this stuff. You're either going to honor your tradition or you're going to go beyond your tradition in order to be effective. You know what I'm saying? Well, maybe, you can, maybe it's easier to understand it this way. And if you're taking notes, you can write this version down. There are some times and some seasons that you have to break the protocol of the day. There are some times and some seasons that you have to break the protocol of the day. Because Jesus is looking to do more for you. Let me give you a picture. And I heard I was, when me and Dad were driving up to 
Indiana, we were listening to an interview that two pastors were doing, and the guy, this guy kind of made a point around this, is in a messianic era, when women were looked down like they were scum, that they were just property, who were the first? Like they, like they, they, they couldn't even testify in court. Like even if they were right there when somebody was murdered, they wouldn't listen to their testimony just because they were women. But who carried the first message from the tomb that he was risen? A woman. Sometimes we have to break the protocol of, of the day because there's people out here. Like we, like I, I can't stand sometimes how people want to follow traditions when their brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers and cousins and neighbors and co-workers are dying and going to hell. <coughs> the systems aren't what saves people. It's Jesus that saves people. That's why we've often said we're going to do everything short of sin to reach this community. In these 75 square miles, there's 48,000 plus people. And if statistics are right, that means almost 30,000 people that are in this 75 square miles that are driving by us right now are dying and going to hell because some people want to hold on to traditions instead of pushing Jesus. There are some times and some seasons that you have to break the protocol of the day. But I want you to notice something about this passage that we read at this time. Who's the only one that could enter the most holy place? The high priest. Only the high priest, not me or you, could enter it. But watch this. Verse 9. This is an illustration, or you can say a shadow, pointing to the present time. For the gifts and the sacrifice that the priests offer are not able to cleanse the what? The conscience of the people who bring them. For that old system deals only with food and drink and various cleansing ceremonies, physical regulations that were in effect only until a better system could be established. And here's what you need to know. There's something better. There's something better. Because what did all these rituals do? They cleaned the outside, but they didn't do anything about the what? The heart. They didn't do anything about the heart or the soul. Verse 11. So Christ has now become the high priest over all the good things that have, have come. He has entered the greater, more perfect, better tabernacle in heaven, which was not made by human hands. It is not part of this created world. Verse 12. With his own blood, walk and wash away our sins. Nothing but the blood of Jesus, the better sacrifice. With his own blood, not the blood of goats and calves, he entered the most holy place once for all time and secured our redemption, or he redeemed us forever. Have you ever redeemed a coupon? I know somebody has. We have a former couponer back there. He redeemed us, brought us back forever. The blood of Jesus cleanses us. It gives us redemption, which means he redeemed us, or his sacrifice, his better sacrifice, brought us or bought us back to the Father, which means you don't have to do anything except for surrender your life to him. 
You don't have to do anything but surrender your life to him. He ushered in a better system because now we can approach, we can approach the more. We can approach the more. We finally now can enter the most holy place. Why? Because we have the high priest in us. And when the father looks at us, all he sees is his son. All he sees is his son. He ushered in a better system because now we can approach the more. It is a better sacrifice than the old system. In verse 13, it says this. Under the old system, the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer. The Bible says that word, not me. Okay? Ashes of a heifer could cleanse people's bodies from, uh, cleanse people's body from ceremonial impurity. Ceremonial impurity. And here's what I, here's what I want, want to point out to you. Is too often we are trying to do the old system and new skins. Right? We're trying to put something old into something new. We may... We, we, like it, maybe it could look like this for you. Like it, maybe we're not sacrificing goats, but we're doing everything in ourselves to make us look good. When really our heart is deceived. That's what the Bible says. Our heart is deceitful above reproach. It's kind of like Brittany's beautiful and she tries to put on makeup to make herself more beautiful. I'm like, you're beautiful, girl. You don't need to cover that thing up. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> or... Or we, we, we try to puff up ourselves by getting further and further and further. Like, this is me. Okay, I'm speaking to me. I'm not speaking to anybody else. This is me. Sometimes we put ourselves in debt to try to get the best stuff in the world to make ourselves look good. You know what I'm saying? Like, we have to have the nicest car. Like, I love my 2012 Toyota Tundra Rock Warrior. It's a cool car. It's loud. Okay? But did I really need that car? Or did I get it for an appearance? too late now i can't take it back okay y'all get what i'm saying like we we do or maybe it's like this we come to church on sundays we check that box so we're good or we make or we make our kids have the nicest things so that everybody thinks that we're good parents when in reality we're just not because we're trying to put something old into something new that's why Jesus said in Matthew 9, 17, and no one puts new wine in old wine skins, for the old skins would burst from the pressure, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. New wine is stored in new wine skins so that the both, so both can be preserved. We can't keep doing an old system like the old Hebrew, like the old Hebrew people trying to take sacrifices, to try to clean themselves up by doing and doing and doing when Jesus has already done the work. It's like saying, Jesus, I trust... Like in one hand, we're saying, Jesus, I trust you for my salvation, but I'm going to do this to make sure it's secure. No, that's not how it works. Our security and salvation is found in the blood of Jesus. And well, I'll get to... I'll make a point, but I'll get, I'll get to that here. Yeah, get it to it right here. If we keep trying to put the old system in new skins, it's going to break us. It's all, it, one, one of two things will happen. Number one, you'll burn out and give up. Everybody, has anybody ever felt burned out? Like I, get, I about gave up on ministry before I started Shift Church. If it wasn't for 
Missionary Church and Ignite Network and people like Peyton and Dan Grider and Rodney Arnold, Shift Church wouldn't be here. They literally saved my life. I said that last week. I told, I told God, I said, listen, I know some of the, most of these issues are probably that I have right now are probably me, but I was trying to do a lot of work to make myself look good instead of trusting in his work. And I was burned out. I was like, I can go sell hammers at Lowe's for the rest of my life. Or maybe Joe will send me to barber, sh- barber school and I'm going to be a barber. I don't know. So that's one thing that will happen. Or number two, and this is probably even worse, is that you'll, that you'll start viewing the promises of God as a lie. Not because they are, but because of your approach to the things of God are wrong. Have you ever, have you ever like been praying for something that was like the opposite thing had happened and you said, but God, you told me. God, you told me I was going to get that job. You told me that job was mine and they gave it to somebody else. Or, or God, you said, you, you promised me that if, if I gave to you, if I gave financially to you, that I would be blessed, that you'd give me, you'd give me twofold what I gave, and, but my bank account says zero, and God's like, well, maybe the twofold wasn't necessarily financial or monetary. I had this conversation with the person this week. Maybe your sacrifice to God, you following God, being obedient to God, maybe that for you, his twofold blessing is maybe a family. Or maybe it's something else. Or maybe you said, God, you promised me a child and I haven't had one yet. You know how long Sarah and them waited to have a kid? Longer than most of us have been alive. That's Margaret, maybe. I don't know. I'm just kidding, Margaret. I love you. I love you. I love you. I'll, you can whip me later. <laughs> but I don't want us to burn out or view the promises of God as a lie. Verse 14. Just think how much more the blood of Christ. Hear that phrase? We were talking about the old system. Putting, trying to do something new with something old. Doing something old and something new. Just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify our conscience from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God. For by the power of the eternal spirit, Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for sin, a better sacrifice for our sins. That is why he is the one who mediates on a new covenant between God and people, so that all who are called can receive eternal inheritance. The eternal inheritance God has promised them. Like we have like we have something in heaven waiting for us. Yeah, we have the mansions, we have the streets of gold, we have the gates of pearl, we have the walls of jasper and all kinds of crazy stuff. But you know what the real inheritance is? Is that we get to see Jesus face to face. Like when I think about the book of Revelation where it talks about the swarms of people bowing down saying, worthy, worthy is the Lord God Almighty. Like that future vision, like 
I'm there with my face on the ground in front of Jesus saying, you are worthy, you are holy, you are everything. That's our inheritance, is that we get to see Jesus face to face. For Christ died to set them free from the penalty of the sins they had committed under the first covenant. Like how many of you are, are glad for this better sacrifice? This better system. The old system just made them ceremonial, ceremonially clean. But the new system, the new covenant, the better sacrifice removes the penalty of sin and clears us, clears our guilty conscience. The better sacrifice removes the penalty of sin and clears our guilty conscience. My conscience is clear. What's that movie from? Like, listen, you can take as many baths as you want to, but you can still feel dirty. You can spray perfume on a corpse, but it's still going to eventually stink. We needed something better than something just to make ourselves look good and smell good. You can live with a clear conscience because of Jesus' better sacrifice on the cross. And here's what the cross tells us. No matter where you find your, this better sacrifice, this is what it tells us, is that you are completely forgiven, unconditionally loved, and fully accepted in Jesus. You are completely forgiven, unconditionally loved, and fully accepted. And I don't know where you find yourself here, and if those who listen to us online from around the world, I don't know where you, where you find yourselves at this morning or whenever you're listening to this this week. Maybe that's the truth that you need to hear. Maybe you thought you had to keep doing and doing and doing for God to look, to look at you in a different way, for you to get that check mark to say, to say, see, God, I love you, and we forget sometimes. Like, I, like, we hear all the time. I may have said this before, I don't know, but we hear all the time. You've got to believe in God. You've got to believe in God. What about the fact that God believes in you? Like, he believes in you. Because if he didn't believe in you, he, would he have came and died on the cross for you? If you're listening online, you got to know you are completely forgiven, unconditionally loved, and fully accepted. That is why we as a church, we got to meet people where they are, not where we want them to be. Because thank God Jesus met me where I, where I was and not where I needed to be. I would have never got there. Verse 16 says this. Now when someone leaves a will or a covenant, some versions say, it is necessary to prove that the person who made it is dead. That's why families kill off family members so they can get the will, okay? I don't have anything to get so they can't kill me. Huh? The will goes into effect only after the person's death. Better watch your back. While the person who made it is still alive, they, the will cannot be put into effect. That is why even the first covenant, the old covenant, was put into effect with the blood of animals. For after Moses had read each of God's commandments to all the people, he took the blood of calves and goats along with water 
and sprinkle both the book of God's law and all, and all the people using hyssop branches and scarlet. Can you imagine me, like if you were sitting here this morning and I had a stick that was covered in blood and I was doing this to you? It would be kind of gross. Verse 20, then he said, the blood confirms the covenant God has made with you. Now verse 21, I love this. And in the same way, he sprinkled blood on the tabernacle and on everything used for worship. In fact, according to the law of, law of Moses, nearly everything was purified with blood. Go home and wash your counters with goat's blood today. Be good. For without the shedding of blood, there is no what? Forgiveness. That is why the tabernacle and everything in it, which were copies of things in heaven had to be purified by the blood of animals. But the real thing, say that with me, but the real thing in heaven had to be purified with a far better sacrifice than the blood of animals. Your guilt and your shame, your sins and your shortcomings, your failures, your addictions are covered by a better sacrifice with, by the real things on the cross. And it is sealed by the blood of the Lamb. Nothing could wash away those things away except, except for the blood of Jesus that was shed for you. He took our place. He took our shame, took our guilt, took our sins upon himself on the cross so that you and I can live in total freedom. Like you're free the reason you may feel, still feel guilt about something you've done in your past is because you haven't released it to the Father. He's already forgiven it. You have to let it go. You have to let those things go. Because, for Christ did not enter into the, to a holy place made with human hands, which was only a copy of the true one in heaven. He entered into heaven itself. To appear now before God on our behalf. Because of his sacrifice, he can stand in the gate. And by stand in the gate, I mean the gate that releases God's wrath. Because where there is love, there has to be wrath. Like I love my kids, but sometimes I have to spank them. He appears on our behalf. And he's saying, God, see that one? Her, her name's Margaret. She's, she's ours. Or Amber. I know, she, I know sometimes she messes up, but Amber, like, she's ours. She's covered. My better sacrifice covered her. I know Josh has some doubts, Father, but my blood covered him. He's good. Don't, he's good. He's ours. And when we stand before the throne... God the Father will look at us and go, oh yeah, you're the one my son told me about. The one where, where his blood covered you, you're good. Come on in. And he did not enter heaven to offer himself again and again like the high priest here on earth who entered the most holy place year after year with blood of animals. If that had been necessary, Christ would have had to die again and again ever since the world began. Here's one of those good words in the Bible. But now, 
once for all time he has appeared at the end of the age to remove the sin by his own death as a sacrifice. And just as each person is destined to die once after after that comes judgment, so also Christ was offered once for all time as a sacrifice to take away the sins of many people. He will come again, come Lord Jesus, not to deal with our sins, but to bring salvation to all who are eagerly waiting for Him. Like there's a day coming when those skies are going to split wide open. And as a believer, we're going to rise to meet Him in the air. We're going to inherit our, we're going to inherit our, inherit our inheritance. Like even creation is, like Romans talks about how creation is groaning with pains of childbirth for this day. And on that day, our salvation will be complete because we will be the bride of Christ. The church will be with her husband forever. I'm eagerly waiting that day. If I die before then, I hope I, I mean, I hope my grave explodes from, from excitement. He walked out of the grave, I'm walking too, right? So the question this morning is this. The question is this. What sacrifice, what sacrifice are you trusting in? Is it your sacrifice? I know this is going to sound harsh. I know you had to get up early this morning to be here. But he literally carried a cross and died on it. So I don't know if your sacrifice of waking up an extra hour early on Sunday morning. Like, I'm glad you're here. Please don't be mad at me. I'm glad you're here. But sometimes I think we lose, lose our minds a little bit. They get lost and lost and he gets lost in translation sometimes about how really Jesus. It's always been about Jesus. It will always be about Jesus. Like the story that's playing out right now in the world, in our country and other countries all around the world, like it's his story. Like he said this stuff is going to happen. Read it. And I don't know when that time is going to be. I know generation after generation says it's going to be soon, but what I'm seeing in the world, I think it is going to be real soon. So the question becomes, are you ready for it? Are you ready? Are you trusting in this better sacrifice? And if you're not, here's the great news. You can do that now. All you have to say in your own words is, God, I, I haven't been trusting you. I've been doing everything in my own power. I believe you've died on the cross for my sins. Uh, I believe you've risen from the dead. I believe all that. And I want, I'm repenting, which means I'm turning away from the lifestyle that I've been living. And I'm turning to you. That's all you have to do this morning. And then we can celebrate that. And we can do some baptisms. It'll be awesome. I get to dunk you. And we get to celebrate, have a party. Hey, listen, we're going tubing after the service here in a little while. Just meet us at uh, River Rat. I'll do it, do it right there. You with me? 
you're listening online, meet us there, okay? But you don't have to live the same life you've been living and the way everybody's been living around you. You don't have to keep trying to be better and better and better when all in reality your life's just more mundane and lifeless. No, he had a better sacrifice, and the question becomes, are you going to trust in that better sacrifice? That's your choice. And listen, nobody here is going to judge you if you want to come up here and pray, because listen, we all need some of that. Like, we will celebrate that this morning. We will celebrate that. I don't know. I might do one of those tricks playing the space where they spin it, spin it around and catch it and play again. I don't know. We'll see. No, I ended up killing myself. We will celebrate that. And if you're listening online, let us know. Send us an email. Saying, hey, I've accepted Jesus as my Savior. I want to follow Him. And we'll send you some resources. But don't keep living your life the same mundane way when Jesus has something better for you. Are you with me? Let's pray. Dear God, we want to thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to be here. And we want to thank you for this better sacrifice in Jesus. God, I pray as, as we sing this last song, maybe two songs, We'll see. God, I pray that I pray that uh, we take serious the call that we have in you. To come out of the mundane and come out Let us trust a better sacrifice.